Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to Colch Nero Chat on this Tuesday afternoon, my time at least. I'm Jeremy Barron, joined as usual by Robbie Dunn and a new face today, Peter Coyley of SB Nation's AC Milan blog, The AC Milan Offside. Peter, welcome to the program. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's, uh, you know, off the back of a tough loss, but uh, you know, happy to be here. We are delighted to have you. We we did want to get an AC Milan perspective for this game. It's it's a huge night for, for both clubs. It's Historically, this is a kind of a glamour game in the Champions League. And uh, seeing that Milan is back Tifo before the game at San Siro, uh, putting aside allegiances, that was pretty spectacular to see. You know, Milan have such a, a storied history in this competition, and that was objectively pretty cool. Yeah, and it, uh, you know, it, it definitely gave me chills uh, seeing that Tifo go up. Um, you know, obviously it... Uh, the last time that we played at home against you guys, the last time we were in the Champions League, it, it didn't, you know, go all that well, and it, it really marked kind of the, not the start, but the, I guess, a, a I guess a key moment in what became about a seven-year-long abyss. Um, but no, it was, it, it was special to be back, and, uh, you know, I, I really enjoyed, uh, you know, kind of having that moment to, to relish in. And we were treated, guys, to uh, quite the game, in objectively quite the game. It started out really well for Milan, but Atletico ultimately getting the victory and collecting three huge points, Robbie. Uh, what are your general thoughts, your initial takeaways from what we just saw at San Siro? Yeah, well, to start with, like you said there, was it was a huge night in the Champions League, and... I must admit that I was kind of jealous watching the other games kick off, and I was uh, like, because last week 
or the week before last, we ended up watching Atletico versus Porto, probably the worst game of the, <laughs> of, the, of, the, of the game week. And I was watching this thinking, oh, please, like we've got PSG, Man City. Uh, there was a, well, my dad was watching Liverpool in the in the, in the sitting room. Uh, I had uh, Atletico here, and I was kind of like, oh, just please be a good game. And then when I saw Atletico getting run off their feet in the first 20 minutes, 25 minutes, I was thinking... This is, this could be three or four nil, and then the, the sending out just completely changed. It. Well, it, it changed the game after half time. It didn't really change too much after the sending off. Right. Once Simeone could could um got his players in and made a couple of switches, I think. And I don't even think it was really a tactical thing. It was more just Atletico had the freedom to kind of play, and I just I mean uh, I know Peter, you you're not on with us every week, but basically what we talk about is how. Simeone doesn't doesn't really have too well. We can't seem to see a plan there. But once once Atletico went one 0 behind and, and had drawn that first game against Porto, they needed a win, and uh, yeah, it just kind of freed them to be themselves. And we saw Joe Felix, Lemar, Rodrigo de Paul kind of playing the kinds of passes and uh, playing that kind of dynamic way that we we just aren't used to seeing Atletico. And I think it was. Um, yeah, I think it was. It's it's it, it's exciting to think that they can play like that, but it's also worrying that you have to go one nil down in a must-win game in order to see it. So and have an extra man as well. Sure. Sorry. Then have an extra man as well because Atletico were up a oh, man sorry, for an yeah. hour. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that kind of skews it as well. So yeah, yeah. It's still good to see it though from the Atletico point of view. Um, mm. Peter, what did you make of Milan's start to the game? They obviously got the the opening goal uh, in the 20th minute from Rafael Leao. Very well-taken goal set up by Brahim Diaz. Uh, what did you make of the start, and how deflating was the front Cassie red card? Yeah, it was... The, the, the start was brilliant. You know, it was it was exactly what we were looking for. Brahim Diaz looked lively. Uh, you know, Leal looked like the, the the breakout player we've seen in the in, you know in the Gaucho this season. Um, and you know, when when Ke- admittedly, I, I actually took a work call during the when the second yellow occurred, and I only I only caught a replay of it. Um, I think it was frustrating because it was you know it was one of those that I could see you know officials saying okay last morning next one's a yellow. Um, so to give the the second yellow that early was, was disheartening. But again, I you know I could see the second yellow at the same time, so uh, it's neither here nor there. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I think. Um, oh, go ahead, Robbie. Go ahead. Starting to see. No, no sorry, you know, sorry. I, I think uh, out, uh, really being drawn into this group where we're not expected to finish all that well, um, and to be able to punch our weight with the you know with the bigger sides, um, you know, was was particularly important to see. So while it while it did hurt to see, um, and really really took a turn for the worse. Uh, well, I guess you know. Um, to your guys' point, right? It didn't really take a turn for the worse, I guess, until the second half came on when when Simeone's side could really uh, play more freely. Um, you know, it, it it was certainly frustrating, but also you know very exciting to see that uh, we're heading in the right direction. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think I think AC Milan were were good, and they're the kind of energetic team that could give Atletico problems. But I think on the red card. I think Kessie had had a couple of nibbles at Llorente and he was obviously tasked with, they had obviously highlighted, I, I think Correa is another player who they highlighted, like don't get him turned, don't let him get turned, like don't let him, uh... 
Yeah, and just to rate but dangerous and he's, he's just like, get a defender on his back and just roll him and uh, I think they were kind of keen to make sure that Correa didn't get into those dangerous positions but Llorente too on the right hand side so Kessie for his first yellow like he had a nibble just before he got the yellow on the first uh, on the first yellow uh, and I think the referee was looking at him going like man like Come on, like I, I, I have to book you here, and it's kind of like it was very silly, but obviously Kessie kind of almost, almost kind of got into a bit of a staring contest, and he was like, "Okay, are you going to do it?" And and obviously he's one of the most Saki um, uh, Chakir or however you say his name, uh, he's one of the most experienced refs in in the, in the business, and he does not flinch, and he was like, "Okay, Kessie, do you want to do that? Is that the game you want to play? I'll have no problem showing you a red." <laughs> he was probably a little bit harsh, but but it was it was quite silly from Kessie after the first yellow. Yeah. After the first yellow, yeah, it was just kind of silly, and and he had obviously. And it was the fact that it was on Llorente as well. If it was on someone else, he might have been like, okay, like. But it was like, uh, are you targeting this guy? Because if you are, like, I'll, I'll no problem showing you a red. I think that's why he did it. But uh, yeah, one of those ones where probably might have maybe just let him off on it for the on the on the third one or uh, but or on the second yellow. But yeah, he made a decision. He went with it, and yeah, so it completely swung the game. Yeah, I think and potentially. Yeah. Potentially swung Atletico Madrid season as well because yeah, was, yeah, 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 definitely. Um, I think that yeah, I, I think the the time period that had elapsed between those two fouls definitely played on Shakir's mind. Like, okay, this is his second foul in the last fifteen minutes. Um, it is similar to what happened to Frankie De Jong in Barca's game against Cadiz last week. Uh, two fouls in very quick succession, and referees are are going to look for that. It reminded me of that situation. And it, but this did really in the second half end up hurting Milan. And we'll talk about how potentially transformational this was for Atletico. Uh, in the second half, Cholo made uh, very few reservations about m- making changes, as we talked about, Robbie. Uh, Simeone's aggression in, in turning to his bench has kind of defined Atletico's season to this point. Joao Felix comes on before halftime for Kieran Trippier who might have a muscle pull. That's, I'm speculating there, but it looked like he was grabbing his hamstring. Felix comes on. Uh, Rodrigo DePaul and Renan Lodi both come on at halftime as well. Um, of that trio, who do you think made the most significant impact? I think it was Felix, but I'm curious to know uh, both your thoughts on on how they changed the game. You want to go first, Peter? Um. Yeah, and, and actually, before I jump into that, I just want to add in one quick thing um, yeah. on, the, on the last point. Um, I think I think you'll find something else that might have upset most Milan fans is that they will have told you that, and I, I would have probably said the same, that they would have wanted to see uh, Tonali as opposed to Kessier, just given, you know, Kessier's had a really kind of, not poor run of form, but he hasn't been himself lately, and, and Tonali's been, you know, having the breakout season that everyone was kind of thinking he might have last year. Mm-hmm. Um, Tonali played very well. You know, it's, but at the same time, um, you know, Cassier is a more experienced player, um, and you know, in in a very big, you know, Champions League tie, you can't really fault Pioli for for making that decision. Um, but to to you know your more recent point, um, I think I, I saw a lot of explosion uh, when. Uh, Joao Felix entered the field. Uh, he, you know, he really was giving uh, Calabria a lot more than he, not a lot more than he could take on, but a lot more that he had to really worry about. You know, positionally, 
Uh, he, uh, Calabria, you know, it, it can stab him from time to time, and Felix being the kind of creative player he is, uh, you know, he can dance away, he can he can hurt you in one or two different ways. Um, so, you know, he he jumped out to me as, as a really kind of creative threat that even when he entered the field, my, my first thought was, man, I hope he's not. He was like, uh-oh, it was like, uh-oh, he's right? The, the right? Yeah, he, he certainly caused our right flank quite a bit of, quite a bit of trouble. Mm. Yeah, I think I think um, I think it was Young Felix as well, and I, and I, it's kind of funny because when he came on, he was like you can kind of tell when he's in the mood, or I, I guess that's kind of unfair because so many times, maybe this is Simeone's fault, but he doesn't like give him the freedom to come on and just show his personality. Like when when Young Felix came on tonight, he ran on, he, he had his hand up every time. He was like calling for the ball, and he was like. As soon as he got the ball, he was like, "I'm taking someone on. I don't care. The first, the first come, first serve. Like I'm gonna just like take whoever you are on." And and, and we saw that like we we've, we've only seen it like a handful of times with Atletico, like uh, against Leipzig, uh, that time in the Champions League. He came on. He was just like, "Wow, this, this guy has just been on court here." Like, and, and I think we saw that today, um, as well. Like he just he's been criticised in the past for not having enough personality, but I'm just wondering. Maybe maybe he he's not being given enough uh, freedom to show his personality and to kind of just like I, I know I know like he's still only young and he's early tw- twenty one now like is he still twenty one yeah he's about 20, to be twenty two he's about to be twenty two so he's still young so you're not gonna say okay yo this is your offer your attack your goal this is your team but I mean I think we've seen now. When he's given the chance to just go and, and, and show his personality, he he does want to do it. It's not like he doesn't have it in him or he he shies away. Like so, I, I think maybe I think that might be a managerial issue. Like just just let him play. And um, I think we saw that t- tonight, and, and I thought he was exceptional. And just he adds he like and Simeone says this too, which is kind of strange. So I, I'm not really sure what's the issue, but like he says. Felix offers us something that no players, no other players in the team can. Like, I mm-hmm. think we see that with his passing, with his ambition, with his ability to kind of find the pass between the lines. The exact things that, well, Thomas Lamar offers it, but Young Felix does too. And and uh, I think um, I think uh, I think he was ex- I thought he was excellent tonight, and, and he just it's a, it's a sign of a really good player as well, and and uh, that he he makes everyone else around him look that little bit sharper, that little bit better, and uh, makes the whole thing kind of knit, knit, knits the whole thing together quite neatly, and and makes everyone look good. And I I just wonder why haven't we seen that you know, Felix mm-hmm. more regularly? Yeah, I think the ankle problems have had a a lot to do with it. But yeah, we we've yeah. talked in the past about. Simeone, especially in that first season, not really knowing what his best position was, kind of unsure whether to structure the attack around and at the time a 19-year-old or not with, with Griezmann having just departed. Now those two are obviously in the same team. Um, but yeah, this was one of those performances that makes you look at Joao and say, wow, this kid could have everything. He could go t- to the top if he can stay fit and motivated. Because that's also been a question. How hard is he willing to work? Uh, is he going to be in the mood? Is he going to... Uh, be energized by trying to break down a team playing in a low block or is he just going to get frustrated Um, tonight he looked really confident I I thought that he took over the entire attack in the second half and that was true even after Le and Griezmann came on 
I thought this was a, a super encouraging game for him following uh, really his first really good display following that um, much ballyhooed ankle surgery in the summer. Um, Peter, you know, all things told, even though Atletico were improving, Milan still had the lead until very late in the game. Um, and then Griezmann obviously gets the equalizer in the 84th minute. Um, what impressed you about how Milan kind of dug in and kept this advantage until the very end? Yeah, so I think it's it's really important um, that uh, I think the young players kind of be given their credit because you know they're they're not the most experienced when it comes to these bigger ties. So for them to just you know to really kind of dig in and, and try and hold out for the long run uh, or for I guess you know for the long haul of this game, uh, you know, was something that you know was not characteristic of this Milan side uh, under. You know, under Gattuso, under obviously under Gianpaolo, I didn't work out at all. But even <laughs> under the early days of uh, Stefano Pioli, so you know they've come a long way, um, and even kind of you know relatively uh, inexperienced, they they showed a lot of character, and and I think they've showed um, you know a lot of strong development, and and whether that's from you know Pioli or or being around uh, Zlatan, who you know doesn't get to play as much, but you know whether it's just their kind of their presence and, and you know maybe instilling that in them. Uh, you know I'm not sure what it is, but um, you know it's something that that you really kind of need to see if you want to uh, you know ultimately push for a title. That's something that you know Atletico had last season. You guys were were always pushing until the end of every game, um, and that's something that. Uh, you know, we we would still drop points uh, uh, last season in some of the, in some of these kind of uh, games where we really had to dig out until the end. Um, and you know, going down to uh, a team that's you know incredibly talented uh, the way Atletico is, um, and you know, being able to to grin and bear it for almost the full ninety. Uh, you know, I I couldn't be more proud of the players you know it's a little upsetting the result uh that we couldn't you know go ahead and pull, you know we couldn't pull it out for the full 90 um but you know a lot of encouraging signs in the 84th then, oh go ahead robbie go ahead sorry yeah yeah and, and, and i'd actually like to get your because i hadn't really seen that Raphael layout guy and much but he and i do know and i've seen enough of brahim diaz well I, I saw him at real madrid and he just looked lost he looked kind of like a like uh, the kind of player, just yeah, he was never in the in the plans of Zidane, or not, not never in the plans, but just couldn't break in and and, and look lost. But he seems to really have found his uh, groove there at AC Milan, and uh, I mean, uh, I tell you, Theo Hernandez, another player who was at Real Madrid, and just completely gone his head was gone everything he just didn't look like the player who Atletico thought that he could be but those two guys seem to seem, uh, those two guys and Leao seem to be seem to have come on massively in the last even just uh, well 12 months but but even just this season alone they've been they've been excellent no? Yeah and, and you know it's, it's when you mentioned um, you know oh, uh, when you mentioned uh, you know uh, that that Felix and the, and the motivational aspect. It reminded me of our own Portuguese left winger in layout because a lot of the questions were about his motivation, his, his work rate, um, and and I, I understood it to a degree, but the level of talent was so was you know was so evident, and mm. uh, you know people were calling for him to be sold, and and I really didn't think that was justified. I think he just needed kind of you know a second or third season to get his feet uh, under him, and 
and now I kind of seem to really be doing it. Uh, Brahim was a was almost a different story, right? So we, you know, we let uh, Hakan Chalanolu walk, um, you know, and, and join our rivals uh, over on the on the blue side of town. And, <laughs> um, and you know, a lot of us, a, a lot of the fans were were scrutinizing Maldini over the fact that they didn't go out and get a true uh, number ten, or, or you know, or a tried and true number ten. Instead, he was willing to hand the keys to Brahim, and and that's worked out very well. I mean, he's He's been the creative spark. He has pulled the strings, and, and it's been returned. I think it's uh, three goals and a, a couple assists in, in just the four games to open the season up. You know, he looks lively. He looks spry. Um, and it's, you know, it's a shame that it's a two-year loan with, you know, Madrid get a – I think we get a buy option at yeah. 25, and Madrid get a buyback at, like, 27. Um, I'm hoping that Ancelotti is still there. We, You know, he, he remembers that he still loves his Milan side, and maybe he'll – have a say and you know letting us keep him that that's more of a pipe dream than anything but um no he, he's he's been been great and then teo is i i don't really know what to what to make of him he's a left back but he's also like a left wing and sometimes he's a striker for us because he'll just go on these <laughs> oh yeah yeah this is he, he's like a bullet train this is exactly why atletico fans were so distraught over losing him a few years ago because now th- this is the player we thought he was going to become uh, a few years later. Uh, this is not the tale I remember watching at Madrid and at Real Sociedad, guys. Uh, this Teo Hernandez is a monster. Super fast, super aggressive, uh, can cross the ball really well. He looks like an elite left back now. Yeah, he's he's got a knack for drilling shots from outside the box. I mean, he's he's probably already got a, a handful of, of collector's item goals where, you know, he'll either... Get the, he'll collect the ball and he'll pull trigger from the top of the box or he'll pop out to him and he's waiting there. And, I mean, he can hit a real, real vicious strike into the corner if he's given the, the time and space. Yeah. So he actually provides a lot um, from the goal department as well. And I, I remember he would take free kicks when he was on loan at Alaves, and those were some seriously dangerous deliveries. But, yeah, he's he looks like a really, really good player now. Um, but, Robbie, in, in the end, as we've – intimated throughout the show so far. Atletico did complete the comeback uh, with another substitute, the uh, much-maligned Antoine Griezmann getting his first goal since returning from Barcelona. Um, is is this the performance for Griezmann now? Is he going to kick on from here? What did you make of his place in the system tonight? Yeah, yeah, I think, I think um, he... And it was kind of messy Like by the time he came on and when they, when they were kind of looking for the goals... Uh, and it's funny when you say uh, um, this is Joe Felix is at back because when you when you talk about the alternatives you've got like Thomas Lamar and, and Antoine Griezmann neither of those players okay they're both stars in their own right but they're not the kind of stars like uh, like that 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 teams uh, orbit around you know they're the kind of guys who are almost supplementary pieces I think Griezmann kind of likes it that way he went to Barcelona and he was quite happy to kind of do whatever was necessary in order to facilitate for Messi uh, Thomas Lamar is 26 or 27 now and he's absolutely fantastic footballer but he's not the kind of superstar that you build a team around Joe Felix is that guy so I mean I think if, if Felix plays uh, it does take the heat off Griezmann. This is where this is where Griezmann shines, and and I think uh, he did. He did have a spring in his step, and maybe that's just the way that we look at it after he scored the goal, and like we everything kind of has a nice sheen to it. We 
when that kind of thing happens. But uh, I think that the goal will definitely help him. But I think more importantly than his goal, which is obviously important in order to set up the fact that Luis Suarez won it then with a penalty. If they had just drawn it from Griezmann's goal, okay, nice, lovely, well done, you got the goal, but against 10 men, didn't win, you know, it's, it's only a draw. The fact that they went on and won it then, it's kind of like, this feels like a turning point. Now, obviously, that could turn out to be not true, but um, but I think that Griezmann did have a little bit of a spring in his step today, and uh, and uh, yeah, he, he, he would probably benefit from having a Felix to take a little bit of the heat off him and, and to... Uh, and to, to 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 be able to find him then in space as well, and, and and to be able to break lines, and if they are going to play in that like possession-based style, so um, so yeah, I thought I thought he looked I thought he looked quite good. He took the goal really really well, and he did have a little bit of a spring in his step, I think. Yeah, his goal was I think a trademark chopped finish on the the Lottie header, and. Ron Lottie, too. Five key passes yeah. in the second half. I uh, thought he was very suspect, again, defensively, but five key passes in half a game of football is is not too bad. Not too bad for him, either. He needs a good display. Yeah, yeah, he did. And I thought he played well, actually, going forward, definitely. He offered them something on the left. And I just wonder, actually, I was just thinking when he took off Carrasco, I was kind of thinking Carrasco is kind of... Uh, has kind of um, avoided any criticism and it was almost like he was on the team sheet regardless for some weird reason I don't know and then when he took Carrasco off I was like oh we, we've been looking for like a place in the team and Carrasco's name almost never came up it was always Suarez it was always uh, Condogbia it was always uh, and, and everyone well except for maybe like Llorente and, and Coke but Carrasco was never mentioned then when he took him off I was thinking okay this actually might work because Carrasco has just flown under the radar and he hasn't been he hasn't set the world on fire either this season so I thought that, that uh, when, when he was taken off uh, I thought Lodi definitely added something on the left hand side and uh he looked better than he has in, in, in recent weeks, definitely. Yeah, I think Carrasco had another kind of poor game. Uh, Calabria did very well on his side. That was a matchup that uh, that neither Hermoso nor Carrasco won. Uh, Peter, Robbie mentioned it, um, or hinted at it a moment ago, the 93rd minute penalty. It went to VAR, it was controversial, but it stood. Did you think it should have stood? Was it the right call? So... In real time, it was difficult to tell, but then, you know, like most uh, Twitter experts, right, you go to social media and <laughs> suddenly, suddenly a video that confirms your belief appears. Um, so, you know, I'm sure there's a bit of bias behind me that suggests it. Um, I didn't think it was a penalty, uh, but, you know, it's, what are you going to do, right? I mean, it's a learning moment. It's, it's you know. As long as it doesn't, you know, really kind of dent our, our, you know, our, our form going into the league, right? And then when we take on Porto, and and you know, if we can advance in the in the Champions League, right? If you know things keep going, um, however they're going, you know, dropping into the Europa League to at least give us high level competition um, towards, you know, into that knockout round is is obviously the next preference, right? So, so ultimately, uh, you know. Maybe I didn't think it was a penalty, but um, you know, it's 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 neither here nor there, right? It's it's only but so much that can be that can be you know gleaned from that. Me thinking otherwise. That's a very philosophical response. I like it. <laughs> 
Right. <laughs> Robbie, what did you think of it? Yeah, yeah, I think it was probably probably the right decision on balance. Like, if it hadn't just hit his arm it, the way that he was standing, I think the, the the current rules would say it wasn't. But the fact that he kind of scooped it and then kind of went after the ball then and kind of scooped his arm up, I think it was, probably was a penalty. But but just like Peter said, I mean, whether I think it is or not, I mean, it doesn't really matter. But um, it's kind of interesting what Peter said there about the um, about the uh, the. Uh, AC Milan competing for the league and I think that that's probably more realistic for uh, AC Milan this season g- given the fact that I mean they're, they're probably not going to win and look Atletico probably aren't going to win the Champions League either but um, but but Atletico are actually in the exact opposite boat whereby they've won La Liga and they've won it under Simeone now twice so it's the Champions League that they really 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 want and um Atletico are going to be up there in in uh, in La Liga, and I think that uh, yeah, they'll probably have to mess it up. I think, given what we've seen from Real Madrid recently, and yeah, just not convinced by them or Barcelona. I think Atletico will be up there in La Liga, and even if they finish second and get a, uh, it'll be the Champions League. I think that would probably define their season for them. Whereas AC, whereas for AC Milan, obviously with Juventus being so. Um, so dominant in in Serie A in recent years, uh, a decent, a really proper good uh, Serie A title challenge from them is is probably what they want, what they're looking for. Whereas with Atletico, it's it's Champions League, or I won't say nothing, but it's it's the Champions League that Simeone wants, and this is a team that has been built to compete in Europe. And uh, I think that uh, yeah, it's kind of funny how how. When you when you kind of juxtapose the teams like that, they're in kind of different situations here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and as we talked about earlier in the show, Milan are just getting back to prominence after several years out of the Champions League and kind of in and out of the Europa League as well. Uh, had finished second last season behind uh, fierce rivals Inter, and yeah, based on on this display um, for most of this game, based on the talent Milan have, I'd say they're going to make a pretty good run in Serie A next year. They gave Atletico one hell of a battle. And Atletico almost beat themselves, again, falling behind early uh, and really struggling to generate many uh, dangerous opportunities and attack for a lot of the game. But, uh, of course, Luis Suarez pops up with the 97th-minute penalty to win it. Um, Robbie, do we still have a Luis Suarez problem? Um, uh, yeah, okay. You, you, yes, you, you, you have a Luis Suarez problem. It's not a one-touch chance. If he has to take more than one touches, it's gone. His second touch is a tackle, as we say. Yeah. <laughs> like, he he is, um, yeah, I think he, he is so many attacks broke down with his with yeah. his, um, with his poor touches. Um, but at the same time, the chances that he did get, the header, there was another one in the first half, both one-touch efforts, and then obviously the penalty. He, he he will score if you can just put it on a plate for him. He will find the, the the target most of the time, and he will hurt you. But if you're asking him to do anything else, yeah, you've got a you've got a problem. Yeah, and and whenever he took a heavy touch, like one or two Milan defenders were always closing in on him to win the ball back. Uh, it was it was tough to watch, but he stayed out for all 101 minutes and. Of course, we'll get some plaudits for the winning penalty. Uh, however, the the contest the context suggests that 
well, maybe we should sooner or later start talking about Suarez as potentially a super sub. Uh, he may help the team better in that way because most of this of this 90-plus minute stretch on Tuesday night was was a rough one for him. But he does get the winning goal. And Atletico now second in Group B behind Liverpool uh, in the Champions League. Uh, Peter, uh, Mil- uh, who do Milan have this weekend in Serie A? So... We'll travel away to face uh, Atalanta. Oh, tough one. And, and yeah, they're uh, they're a lot of fun to deal with. Um, <laughs> they, especially on the back of, of what is kind of an injury crisis for us at the moment. Um, you know, some players are returning to health. Others are just going right back out with injury. Um, you know, it, it seems Atalanta always has a slow start to the season. And then we always get them right with the slow stars. No more. They... They gave Inter just about all they could handle last week, and and now they're gonna, you know, they're gonna put us in the crosshairs just as equally as we're gonna do it to them. Uh, you know, they, we do travel away from home better than we play at home, um, so that's you know, I'm, I'm hoping that kind of away so away form, uh, you know, keeps up. But uh, Atlanta, Atlanta, excuse me, uh, is, is certainly a difficult side to deal with, and and you know, we'll we'll certainly have our hands full. Uh, how, how about you all? Meanwhile, Robbie, uh, we've got Barcelona at home this weekend. Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah. Fun like one. Like I said, um, this, this might be a turning point, and Barcelona aren't obviously the force that they were. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I I would be concerned. I mean, you'll take it whatever way it comes, a turning point or, or a moment of kind of uh, where, where the season just kind of get, comes together. But, but I would be concerned for what Atletico looked like uh, in the in the opening thirty minutes before that red card because, like I said, that was I mean AC Milan looked looked superior. It was kind of like the way they played, and it was like Atletico versus Chelsea last year. It was just it looked like AC Milan almost had twelve players or something. It was kind of that kind of intense and intensity, and I think um, I think Atletico and Spanish teams in general struggle to play. Uh, against teams that, that play with that intensity so um, yeah I don't know if Barcelona will or I don't know if Atletico will start the game the same way as they have the previous six or seven this season but they're going to have to maybe start the game on the front foot and I don't mean by on the front foot lateral passing holding possession this kind of uh, uh, kind of stale possession that, that they is referred to as possession based but it's not very progressive it's not very direct and Simeone has said that too he said like we're not vertical we're not vertical enough to hurt teams and I think uh, one one big problem is and and we we do this every single time because Atletico start the game with the, the, the starting 11 start don't play well go behind and then the players that finish the pitch look like okay now now we have the eleven. That's the eleven that has to start. So then that eleven starts, and they don't start the game well. And then it just keeps going back and forth. So it looks like we have the semblance of a starting eleven with Joe Felix, Lamar, uh, Griezmann, Suarez. But how he does it and how he plays it, I mean, I don't know if he's going to uh, play with such uh, reckless abandon against Barcelona, but uh, let's, let's hope so. Yeah, uh, I sent out a tweet during the game. Uh, I think that all three of Felix, DePaul, and Lamar have to start for Atletico right now because they are the three most progressive, most dynamic um, 
and most threatening attacking players the team has right now. I mean, with we, we talked about Felix and, and Lemar, who had another great game just fresh off injury today. DePaul uh, and his ability to just consistently push the ball forward and carry it forward and deliver it short or deliver a long pass going 30, 40 yards, that's huge. It keeps a lot of cohesion in the midfield, particularly when Koke goes off. I, I think those three guys need to start... Uh, it's difficult to know which Barcelona Atletico are going to get. <laughs> this Barcelona team has, uh, they played very well against Levante. Ansu Fati is back and scored a goal. Um, but they've also had real stinkers against Granada, against Cadiz this season. The uh, the socios are in pretty much open revolt there against Koeman and against how things are going. It, it's hard to know which, which Barca Atletico are going to see. Exactly, yeah. So, and, uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be willing to bet uh, on which one it's gonna, which one it is gonna be. You want to pick a draw then for this one? Oh, oh, oh sorry. Uh, yeah, uh, no, I'm gonna. I think Atletico will win it. Mm. Two, two, one. Two, one. Yeah, it's the favorite scoreline. Two, one. And uh, Peter, you confident against Atlanta this weekend? It's it's gonna be a tough one. Could be a lot of goals there. I am. Um, you know, we've shown to be resilient, right? We. We really got played off the pitch by Liverpool, and we responded by, um, you know, coming back and and you know drawing Juventus, and then uh, you know beating two more sides. So uh, I'm sticking by that resilience factor. As good as Atalanta are, I, I think we'll just be we'll be just a bit better. Um, but I see probably the more frantic, explosive, you know, two to three kind of game. Mm, and there have been quite a few goals in Serie A this season, as opposed to La Liga, which is now arguably the most defensive league in Europe. It's awesome how that perception has shifted for Serie A. Maybe not so much for fans of La Liga, uh, given the relatively uh, few goals per game that we've seen so far. But yeah, two uh, uh, proper games this weekend, proper partidazos in Spain and Italy. Fellas, this was fabulous. I think we're going to leave it there. Uh, Peter, uh, you are at the AC Milan offside, our SB Nation uh, sister site. Um Tell us a little bit about the AC Milan offside, what you guys offer, and uh, we'll direct our traffic there. Yeah, so, uh, you know, uh, similar to you guys, right, we are we are the SP Nation blog for, uh, for AC Milan, um, you know, offering Calcio content, uh, of course, focused on, on Milan. Um, you know, we, we publish articles. Uh, typically, uh, you have your game previews, your, you know, five takeaways, transfer grades, um, a lot of some of the similar articles you'll see come out from, you know, from other blog posts. Uh, you know, we're working on different ways to uh, differentiate ourselves. Uh, you know, I know a lot of the talk is about uh, bringing a podcast back out. We previously had one. I think the goal is to start bringing it back out, uh, which, you know, when that is around, we, you know, we'd love to have you guys back on, the, uh, you know, on that one as well. Oh, absolutely. Um, but, you know, there will there'll be updates surrounding that. But otherwise, you know, uh, a lot of game reviews, a lot of uh, insightful tactical analysis on the way Pioli set up his team, the way uh, you know the opposition is going to set up, and how you know you might see Pioli change formation as a result. Um, you know, a lot of in-depth work there, um, and I'm you know I'm excited about what's to come. Perfect, Peter. Thank you so much for joining us, Robbie. You and I will be back on Saturday to talk about Atletico and Barcelona. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for your continued support, and we will chat with you very soon.